From across the galaxy, friends unite in one common goal, to defeat the evil empire. Together, they stand strong. Welcome to WE Kiwi and the intergalactic battle to save the world. Chapter 8. Here Comes Trouble. It had been a slow day on the command ship, so Bruno decided he would take a break. One thing he did like to do with his spare time was crosswords. Taking his pencil, he sharpened it and opened a book. First clue. One down, nine letters. Bent over. He started thinking. Hmm. Oh, crouching. He was away. Next, three across. Four letters starting with O. A shape, spherical. Hmm. Oval. Bruno thought him yelling out had set off an alarm as a buzz sounded from his keyboard. He was so engrossed in his crossword, he ignored it. But it kept buzzing. He swiveled his chair to the keyboard and looked on his monitors. In Sector 9 there was an alert. He had previous alerts from Sector 5, but not 9. Bruno had the galaxy divided into a 3x3 grid, which made for 9 sectors. All of his friends lived safely in Sector 2 and 4. Sector 9 was safe, but unknown and uncharted. That's why he sent Colin there. Sector 5 had agents fighting battles on every front, but looked like they had won against the evil Empire. There was a movement in Sector 9, and it was moving rapidly towards the world, where Colin was. Bruno sent out an encrypted message to Colin. Come in, Agent 569. I see movement in close vicinity of you. Please send a relay to the closest satellite. You can get an image from space on what it might be. Once image uploaded, enhance, decipher, and send it to me. And finally, do you need any more dance music? The message was sent, but it took some time to get to Colin's computer. Down in the world, Colin wouldn't have known as he was watching a movie with W.E. in the living room. W.E. had Colin's bowl on the side table so he'd get a good look at the television. Tonight's movie was about a rhino who tried to catch some cattle thieves. It was fast-paced and Colin thoroughly enjoyed it. W.E. sat on the couch eating his favourite salt and pepper popcorn. The movie was finishing and W.E. looked at the time. It was past his bedtime, but it didn't matter as spending time with Colin was worth it. Turning the TV off, W.E. took Colin's bowl to the bedside stand. It was time to brush his teeth and get into bed. Outside, there was a chill in the air and a distinctly horrible odour. Kachisuav checked the photo from his tablet and it matched the house across the street. It was late in the day and getting darker, perfect for his plan. A new message buzzed from his master. Did you get my cookies? We are getting ready for the assault. Kichiswav had to lie. Yes, master, I have your cookies, and soon the fifth will be in my paws. Excellent news, Kichiswav. Commander Tonks is waiting to see you. If there was one person Kichiswav hated more than Colin, it was Commander Tonks. She was his biggest rival, 
and he wished she had stayed on her own planet and not taken her ship to the master. How lovely. I can't wait to see her, master. We can share a lovely meal together. I shall make something special for her. Kichiswav whispered to himself, maybe a rat poison stew. Good. Hurry up and erase the fish. He's the only thing stopping us from fulfilling our plan. The shuttle ships are fueled, and the moles are ready to start digging. Over and out. Kichiswav closed his watch and waited till a car passed. No one was on the street before he scurried to a cluster of bushes next to W.E.'s house. Waiting, stooped low under the branches and leaves, Kichiswav waited. The night was silent, so it was a good time to make his move. From his backpack, Kichiswav took his suction bow and arrow and tied the end of the rope to his belt. He left his backpack open next to him in the bushes. He was about to shoot the arrow to the top of W.E.'s house when the car pulled up and somebody got out. Kichiswav had lower in the bushes. The earth vibrated as two massive hooves of an elephant walked by. Then she came to an abrupt halt. Her trunk swept across the top of the bushes. Kichiswav cowered lower. Oh dear, what is that horrible smell? Louisa muttered. Her trunk went back and forth, then deep into the bushes. Kichiswav dug himself into the dirt. It must be the new fertilizer I put in last week, Louisa thought. She walked off. That was close. Kichiswav wiped the sweat from his whiskers. Phew. He thought he was safe, but out of nowhere, the bushes were flooded with water. It sprayed the leaves, flowers, stems and grass. It sprayed Kichiswav, his watch, tablet and his backpack. The backpack filled up with water. Louisa called out, Good night, garden. I'll talk to you in the morning. That should get rid of the smell. The front door of the house slammed shut. Notebooks floated to the top of Kichiswav's backpack. He tipped it upside down and water gushed out. His tablet fizzed, showing little signs of life. His watch had droplets inside the screen. It flashed and then died a quick death. The evil empire had always found the cheapest and easiest way to develop their devices, and nothing was waterproof. The one thing still working was his suction bow and arrow set. He had no other choice but to leave his wicked devices in the garden to dry out, hoping a miracle would bring them back to life. Kichiswav shot the arrow skyward. It stuck to the top of the gutter of W.E.'s house. He pulled himself up by the rope to the top of the roof and untied himself. Along the roof he crept till he got to the chimney. Up from the chimney all he saw was darkness, so it was safe to descend down. By the time he got to the bottom of the chimney, he was covered from head to tail in thick black soot. He was no longer a tabby cat, but a despicable black cat. This fist is causing me more trouble by the minute, Kijiswav whispered to himself. He shook and a cloud of soot wafted through the room. Kichiswav crept across the room, leaving dirty paw prints on the carpet. His yellow eyes darted back and forth for the fishbowl. In the living room, there was no sign of it. Where was it?
He went to the kitchen. Nothing. He slunk along to the open door of the bedroom and he snooped inside. Kichiswav noticed a chubby little bird was fast asleep in his bed. This must be his partner, Kichiswav scowled. Then he saw it on the bedside table. The fifth bowl. Kichiswav crept into the bedroom, hoping the bird was not a light sleeper. Colin had just opened his computers. He saw the message from Bruno and started to link the cameras to the nearest satellite. The other task at hand was him honing in on the mysterious Kiwi bird's name and phone number. Colin hadn't been paying attention to the warning lights from drone 3 and 4, which showed signs of movement. When he noticed, he enhanced the screens, playing the video back and forth to see what had caused it. A shadow moved in both rooms. Two yellow eyes gleamed in the shadows. He knew those evil eyes. Kichiswav! Kichiswav opened his mouth and hissed as Colin swam out. Disgusting spit landed on the surface of the bowl. In an instant, Colin swam inside and hit the emergency button to contact Bruno. Colin gasped. Now things were getting critical. Kichiswav gave a wicked grin as he checked that the chubby little bird was still asleep. He picked up the bowl and hissed again. W.E.'s long beak twitched as the horrid fumes from Kichiswa's mouth filled up the room. Kichiswa saw an open window and crept to the bathroom. You won't escape this time, little fifth. He put the fishbowl on the floor to open the window further. The window had a safety catch, which Kichiswa struggled to get open. Colin watched from the temporary safety of his castle, with his fins shaking with fear. While Kichiswav had his back to the fishbowl, Colin recalled all the drones back to the castle. He left the drone on W.E.'s car as Kichiswav might see it fly through the window. The house drones arrived, one by one, in rapid succession. Come on, come on, before he sees, Colin whispered. Kichiswav turned just as the last drone plopped into the castle. He picked up the bowl and put it under one arm. Leaning out the window, Kichiswav started his descent tail first. He could easily go down using his sharp nails. His three paws scraped their way down the side of the house. Deep scratches now damaged the woodboards of W.E.'s home. Colin was shaken from side to side all the way down. Colin crouched inside his castle under his desk, his heart thumping in his chest. On the command ship, Bruno had received Colin's message. With frantic fingers, he worked double time on the keyboard, sending signals to all of his agents. He hoped one would have a ship that could get to Sector 9. He was relieved to find someone replied quickly. Colin was copied so he could also read the message. It read, Don't worry Bruno, I'm on my way. I'm already in Sector 9 and had stopped off in the world. Leave it to me. That evil cat won't know what hit him. Bruno had no idea what was happening as the messages were coming in slowly to him. There was only one agent in the world. Who had been in Sector 9? Had they stopped there on their way to Sector 8? He grabbed a chunk of wood to gnaw on to calm his nerves. Did Colin already know he had an agent close by? Back in the world, Colin was close to panic stations. The message from the other agent hadn't been received, so Colin thought he was on his own. 
W.E. was a professional sleeper, so he hadn't woken up through all the ordeal. Colin slapped his cheeks to focus. How could he get out of this mess? He clapped once, then twice, then three times to concentrate. A plan formed in his mind. It was time not to be on the defensive, time to be on the offensive. He had one last hope, but it was a very long shot. How will Colin escape without the help from W.E.? What is the master plan for the evil empire? And what are the shuttle ships? Where are they? Keep following along for more mystery in W.E. Kiwi and the intergalactic battle to save the world. And don't forget, become one of our team by liking and subscribing.